I can be who it says I can be, and I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, my ears are open, and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, and it is a light unto our path. It gives us direction. It gives us correction. And it gives us inspiration when we need it. So as we break the bread of life this morning, I pray that the Holy Spirit will interpret that which the Spirit of God is saying through this vessel of clay. And I thank you that our lives will never be the same and we will be the better after having heard the word of truth. And I thank you that as I have decreased, the anointing of God is going to rise to feed every person in this room spiritually. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Last week, we celebrated the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ by the terms that the world says Easter. However, every day, say every day, every day should be a celebration because of the great promises we have access to. Amen. We briefly discussed the benefits of having a better life as a result of Jesus' obedience. Our new series of teachings is entitled, How to Have a Better Life. Say that with me. Say, how to have a better life. Now, let me ask you this question. Whose life in here could just get a little better? Let me see your hand. Amen. So the goal of our series is to help you discover that a better life is available and provide you with spiritual principles and practical steps to improve your life regardless of where you are. So my goal in this series is not to just give you some spiritual principles, but also to give you some natural principles that you can live by that will make your life better. And if you would turn to John chapter 10, John chapter 10, that's the verse we started with. John chapter 10, we're going to look at verse 10. And here is the first point we made on last week. And then from here, I'm jumping into the meat of what I wanted to cover on our first lesson. Here's the first point. A better life has been promised, but we must believe it, receive it, and activate it. I'm going to say that again. A better life. Say a better life. A better life has been promised to us, but we must believe it. We must receive it and we must activate it. Now, in John chapter 10, verse 10, are you there? It says, the thief, this is Jesus talking. The thief cometh not, but for to what? Steal and to what? Kill and to what else? Destroy. Then Jesus says, I am come that they might have what? Life and that they might have life more what? Now, but before we jump into this morning's lessons, I just want you to see here that there was, it was not an accident that he named the thief or the enemy in the same verse that he, he said he would give us abundant life. Which tells me that one of my blockages to a better life is the enemy. If Jesus came that he may give us life, then the enemy came to steal that from us. Amen. So... 
in the message translation of John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. I believe that if we were to stay on course of what God has called us to do and God called us to be as his people, I believe that our lives will go way beyond our our highest expectations or dreams. You know, my pastor says it all the time. He says he never could have dreamed that God would be using him the way he did or the way he's doing. Amen? Now, better is not necessarily bad. It just means that there there is room to be better. Amen. Now, what does better mean? Better means to some. Now, I read them from the the, uh, the website, but I want to list some things of what better means. And if you can identify, just raise your hand. Better means to some people to just be happy in life. How many can identify that with that? You know, some people don't wake up happy every morning. Amen. Better to some people means having more money. Let me see if you can identify with that. All right. Better to some means. Getting married or having a great relationship. Amen. Because you can have, uh, you can be married and not be happily married. Amen. Y'all know my story on that one, don't you? That's right. I'm going to be happily married or I ain't going to be married. Now, does that mean I'm going to get a divorce? No, we just going to have to work it out till I'm happy. <laughs> Amen. I ain't letting the devil come in at all. Even if I wasn't happy, I'm happy right now. But even if I wasn't happy, you wouldn't know it. Because by faith, I'm going to work that thing out. Amen. And I have personally not consistently been unhappy with our relationship because, see, we have learned to communicate. Okay, whatever she wants, she tells me. Even though hers has high price tags to it, I still have to listen. Amen. Then, to some people, just peace of mind. You know... Money can't give you what peace can. To some people, having a healthy body is is a better life. To some, uh, it could be just having some children. You know, we take for granted that having children is something that's that's easy. but, But to everybody, it's not easy. Amen. But see, we have a fruitful church. We've had people who come here and the doctors told them, you can't have kids. But by the time we laid our hands on them, boop, there it is. Amen. Last but not least, uh, to some, a, a better life means to get a better house, a car, or some material resources. Amen. So this morning, I'm going to start out by giving you some principles to a better life. Principles to a better life. Now. I gave you the first principle last week, but I didn't really elaborate on it. And I'm going to elaborate on it this morning because I feel it's very important. Here was the first principle. A better life starts with us making quality decisions one at a time. In other words, remember now, in order for you to have a quality life, you have to have Christ in your life. Well, in order for Christ to come into your life, you had to ask him to come into your life. See, this is where that universalism goes away. See, some people, that, some people believe that, that everybody's saved. Well, Jesus did die for everybody, but, but he didn't die for you if you don't want him to. So you have to ask him to come into your life. Because he's not, listen, 
if, if, he, if, if it wasn't like that, then he would have never let Adam sin. He just would have made Adam a robot and everybody would have came out perfect. But he gave everybody a will. And that's the only reason that hell exists. Hell exists because the, the devil just decided to go rampage. And then, you know, he knew, God knew that he would convince some of us to follow the devil. Amen. So we have to make quality choices one at a time. Now, right now, Joshua chapter 24, verse 13 through 15. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it. It says, and if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose. Say choose. choose. Say it again. He said, choose you this day who you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that, that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Watch this now. He says, but as for me and my house, notice what he says, we will serve the Lord. Heaven don't have a choice to serve the Lord or not. You're going to serve the Lord. L-A-W-D while you in my house. Amen. Amen. Because the Lord is what's keeping this electricity on. The Lord is what helped you drive the car you drive it. So you're going to serve the Lord while you in my house. Now I know that's kind of ghetto, but you know, hallelujah anyway. Then in Joshua 24, verse 18, write that down. This is a response, because remember, Joshua was talking to some people, and he told them, he said, listen, you need to choose. Because making a quality choice in your life will make your life better. That's my first point. So in verse 18 of chapter 24, this is the response of the people. And the Lord drove out from before us all people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in the land. Watch this. Therefore will we also serve the Lord, for he is our God. Amen. So the first principle in making your life better is making quality choices. And guess what? I have given you now some examples of how I make decisions. See, some people say, Pastor, how do you make decisions? Well, I'm going to give you my process of making decisions, which comes right out of God's word. And if you will follow this process, you will make good decisions every single time. See, I don't like making mistakes because mistakes sets you back. How many have made some bad choices in your life? Let me see. Yeah. And see... You know, you know, just not paying your mortgage one note can cost you seven years. If you just miss paying your mortgage one month, it's going to cost you seven years. Amen. So I'm going to give you how to make quality decisions. Go to Luke chapter 14, if you would. Luke 14, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Now, if you're visiting us, we do use our Bibles here. So... Uh, Don't feel bad if you don't have one, but I'm just saying we use the Bible here at our church because we are Word of Truth Family Church. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Word of Truth is the Bible. In Luke chapter 14, look in verse 28. It is so powerful. I'm going to use this as a platform of showing you why I'm going to cover how to make quality decisions for your life. Luke 14 verse 28. Are you there? Watch this. This is Jesus talking. He says, for which one of you... Intending to build a tower, change jobs, get married, whatever your decision is, sits not down first. When do you sit down? You sit down first. You don't propose before you sit down. He says you sit down first and then what do you do? You count the cost. 
Watch this. And you do that to see if you have sufficiency to finish what you want to start. In other words, one of the first principles I need you to see in making quality decisions is that you need to sit down and look at the picture before you make a decision. So here's number one in making a good quality decisions. Notice every decision should be in agreement with God's word. Every decision. Say every decision. Every decision you make should be in agreement to God's word. So if you're dating somebody and he's not saved, that is not God's word. You need to drop him like he's hot. Number two. Always weigh the decision based on your personal goals and the direction of God's plan for your life. I'm going to say that again. I'm talking about how to make quality decisions. Remember, he said you got to first sit down. First, and then count the cost. So you must always weigh the decision based on your personal goals and the direction of God's plan for your life. You got to look at both of them. I did that when I chose my wife. See, I didn't just choose my wife because, oh, she looked good. Oh, she can cook. I mean, that was part of the package because you need to be able to be happy when you look at them in the morning. But see, flesh only lasts so long. Okay, so I had to also, because I knew the call on my life was the pastor, I had to pick somebody who I know would be spiritually in line with my calling. Amen. And so when I discovered and we talked as friends, I saw that, wow, she felt that she was supposed to be in ministry. That's all I needed to know. So you don't, listen, you don't make decisions that contradict your personal goals or God's direction for your life. Did you get that? Here's number three. You need to pray in the spirit before making the decision. Now, some of you all don't know how to pray in the spirit. That's why from time to time we have classes on how to speak in tongues because you can pray in the natural and that's wonderful. But see, when you pray in the natural, you can only pray according to your understanding. So you need to pray in the spirit before making the decision. Why? Because hearing from God should always be the foundation of your decision. I do not move on making decisions until I know this is what God wants me to do. Number four. If you're married, always say always. Always discuss the decision with your spouse and never say never. Say it again. Look at your spouse if you're married and say never. You never move forward without their agreement. Now, I'm about to, it's already hot in here. It's going to really get hot right about now. Because see, most of our church are married. How many here are married? Let me see your hand. Oh my God. Okay. Put your seatbelt on. I'm going to repeat this one and then I'm going to elaborate on it a little bit. And if you're single, you need to be taking notes. If married, always discuss the decision with your spouse and never move forward without their agreement. Now, put in parentheses, support and agreement are different. Support and agreement are different. Here's a life story. This happened to some people I know. He was praying and he felt the Lord was was telling him to move him and his family to another whole state. 
Now, at the time, he was the only breadwinner of the family. In other words, his wife was a stay-at-home mom, and he worked. And so he felt the Lord was telling him to move. Well, he never asked me. He told me. See, now there's a difference. If you really want some wisdom, don't, you don't, we don't get wisdom by telling somebody what you're going to do. You get wisdom by asking them, hey, what do you think about this? Well, if you don't ask me, I ain't going to tell you because I'm not going to barge into your life. And so this person never told me, and it didn't agree with me inside. I, I, I was like, no, that don't sound right, man, you know, because it, it, it was too many loose strings. He didn't have a job where he was going and some other stuff. And so I asked him, I said, so is your wife in agreement with you? He said, yes. But then after, see, this is how you can know if, if the decision was God by looking at the fruit of it. Man, they got down there and lost everything almost. I mean, they went from being uh, self-sufficient to being on food stamps. And it was bad. And I got him back on the phone after a couple of months or so. And I t- this time I got, I, I got his wife on the phone because, you know, you can get two different stories from people when you don't have them both in the same room. So I asked her that question. I said, were you in agreement with moving? Because now they're struggling, they're losing stuff. Guess what? She was not in agreement. I said, hold up. This train needs to stop. I was told you were in agreement. And this is what he said. Well, no, she said she would support me. I said, time out, brother. There's a difference between support and agreement. See, a good spouse is going to support their spouse. But see, if you're not in agreement, guess what happens? You're moving in division and don't even know it. And guess what? The Bible says, can two, Amos 3, 3, write that down. Can two walk together unless you're in agreement? So if you're not in full agreement with what your spouse is doing, you need to be honest with them. <laughs> See, in Jamaica, what they do, they, they put H's on words that don't have H's. And they, they take the H's off of words that should have H's. Like my roommate. My roommate for a whole semester called me Heaven. So if they're not in agreement with you, you don't need to move. You say, well, pastor, the Lord said it. Well, if the Lord said it, let the Lord put it on their heart and don't move. He's not going to charge that against you. Now, if you want to, as a man, if you want to take your rightful position as the leader and do it anyway, God bless you. Because if you're not in agreement, division is the number one two that the enemy uses. Amen. All right. What number am I on? Who? Number five. Always weigh the pros and cons to determine the risk factor. Say risk factor. Always weigh the pros and cons to determine the risk factor. Watch this now. A God decision should never take you backwards. Oh, that's deep, ain't it? A God decision should never take you backwards. Backwards. A God decision should never take you spiritually backwards. Now, God may there may be some changes, but God's not going to cause you to lose a whole lot of stuff just because you made a decision that he told you to make. That contradicts the nature of God. God is a God of increase. Amen. Now, I don't mean setback, but see, some people make decisions and spiritually they're going backwards from the decision. Okay, here's the next one. Never, say never. Never. Say it again. 
never make a major decision overnight. If you don't buy this car tonight, it's going to be gone. Well, brother, it's going to be gone because I'm not buying that car tonight. And see, what happens is, write this down, write this down. Let time be your partner and not your enemy. So many times people feel pressure to make a decision when if it's pressure involved, then it's then emotions are involved. And if emotions are involved, you can never make a good decision based on your emotions. Okay, let me go to the next one because you all don't look excited. Okay, what number am I on? What letter am I on? See, mine a letter. It don't matter. Watch this now. Rushing a decision potentially births the consequences of poor choices. I'm going to say that again. See, y'all going to have to get this CD. Just listen. Listen, don't, don't try to write it all down. Just, just listen. Because some of y'all are in the middle of making some decisions, and the Lord is trying to help you. And you're not going to get all this. By the time you write and I'm on the next one, you don't even hear what I said. So just, just listen. Just, just open your heart up. Just open your spirit. The CD's only $5 anyway. Just open your heart up and just get it. Amen. Here, here was what I just said. Rushing a decision potentially births the consequences of poor choices. Here's the next one. Research to find the steps of a successful person who has made the same or similar decision. In other words, research and find out who else has had to make this decision. Who else has had to make this transition? I need to talk to them. Amen. Always get the perspective of others who have the spiritual aptitude and wisdom to help guide you. See, listen, I do not make any major decisions. Let me tell you my process. First of all, I talk to God about it. First, that's that's first. I don't talk to the wife first. I talk to God first. And if I have peace about what God is saying, then I go next to my wife. And if the decision is really big, then the next person I talk to is my pastor. Then after my pastor, if he's okay with it, then I go to my leadership. There's a process. But see, some of y'all are skipping the process. And when you skip the process, guess what? You skip the wisdom that you can get from people. Amen. Amen. All right, let me see here. Here's the next one. Never, say never. Never make a faith move without having all the facts. I don't know why we think walking by faith is just walking blindly. No, no, no. We just read. I'm going to read it again in Luke chapter 14, verse 28. It says, for which of you intending to build a tower... Sit not down first to count the cost. That's the facts. It ain't faith just because you just, you know, you're just willing to jump out there without considering what's going to happen to you. Amen. Now, does God move by faith? Yes, because when he had us to start this church with 22 people and he told us not to work, that was God. See, sometimes God will override the natural. But he better supply if he's going to do that now. Amen. And, and when he told us to do that, guess what? God supplied all of our need and we had no struggle. And, and, let me, and if, you're, if you're even thinking about joining a good church, let me tell you, uh, I'm plugging. This is an infomercial right now. Let me tell you a good, some, how much time I got? Let me tell you something good about World Truth Family Church. And this is no lie. From inception, say inception. inception. From inception, 
we have never, ever struggled financially for this church. Do you know we have more money in the bank as a five-year-old church? I talked to a guy that was pastor in 24 years. He said, wow, you all have that much money in the bank? I said, yeah. He said, I ain't never had that money, much money in the bank, and I've been pastoring 24 years. I said, wow, I am blessed. But here's the point. You can now plug into something that's stable. See, it's different when the church needs your money versus just getting your money. See, whether you give or not, it don't matter because God's going to supply the need. Amen. Here's the next one. Uh, okay, this is connected to the one I just gave you. Never make a faith move without having all the facts. In parentheses, write this down if you're taking notes. God should never be the excuse for not looking at the facts. Well, the Lord told me. The Lord told me. The Lord told me. Well, what else did the Lord tell you? Okay, did, you know, it's, it's rare, say rare. It's rare, it happens, but it's rare that the Lord will give you a direction to leave somewhere, but, but you ain't got nowhere to go. Now, he did Abraham like that, so it, it can't happen. But I'm just saying, most of us, we just, you know what, we just upset and we quit. Listen, don't, somebody's about to do it right now. I feel you, I feel you, you are so frustrated right now, you about to quit this job and you ain't got a job. Well, listen to the Lord, Lord, the Lord. Don't do that. Your spouse is not even, they don't even know probably. You've been thinking, man, I'm just going to quit. They, my boss is getting on my nerve and I'm just going to get up out of this. I'm going to cuss them out and then I'm going to leave. Well, no, no, no. The Lord don't work like that. And if your spouse is not in agreement, don't do it. Okay, here's the next one. Never ignore the potential consequences that could follow your decisions. In other words, look at the pros and cons and just make sure that you know what's going to happen if you make the decision, good or bad. I always plan for the best or expect the best, but I plan for the worst. Under that, just put on there, have a A and a B and a C plan. Don't just count on the plan. Always have a backup plan. Here's the next one. Never ignore, uh, never make a natural or spiritual decisions with your emotions. I love that house. I love that. But that house costs too much. Just because that loan officer told you you can buy that house, he don't know your budget. And so you walked in there and you, oh, I'm so in love with this house. Boy, you got the realtor. The realtor got you now. Can I give you some information too? Don't be expressing your thoughts with your realtor there. Because they know they're going to get you then. They ain't got to sell you. You sold yourself. Talk about it at home. Because if not, you're going to be stuck. So you never make a decision spiritually or naturally with your emotions. Here's the last one. Then I'm going to jump into my next point. Because I know this was long and I done lost my time already. Praise the Lord. <sighs> <sighs> I'm so glad there's next Sunday. Now, let me ask you a question. How many getting something out of what I'm saying? No. Okay. Because let me say this to you. Jesus has done all that he can do for us, for us to have the abundant life. It's uh, now up to us to continue to make good choices to get there. Amen. And that's why I'm covering this. Here's the last one. 
always let peace be your umpire. Never move without peace. If you don't have no peace, don't move. Amen. Now, go to Mark chapter 9. Go to Mark chapter 9. Let me give you the third principle. Well, this is really the second principle, ain't it? Second principle. Here's the second principle. You can write this down. Mark chapter 9, look at verse 23, and we'll stop right here. We must believe that having a better life has been promised and is possible. Some people don't think that a better life is possible. Do you know God can do better than where you are right now? Amen. In Mark chapter 9, are you there? Mark chapter 9, verse 20. What, what verse did I tell you? Verse 23. Listen, what is, let's read it together if you would. And Jesus looked round about him. Am I at the right one? No. I'm at, okay, here we go. Uh, and Jesus said unto him, if you can believe, how, whoa, stop right there. How many things? How many things? How many things? All possible. All things are possible, but they're only possible to him that what? That believe. Now, let me explain something to you. I'm getting ready to skip around here because I at least want, to, want you to get this part about believing. Believing is so powerful. It is so powerful. Believing, watch this. Believing is a major key to experiencing the more abundant life. Watch this. So living a better life starts when I believe that better is available and better is possible. Believing is previewing my future on the canvas of my imagination. Okay. I need to rewind that one. Okay. Believing is previewing. Time out. How many go to the movies? Okay. Now, personally, I don't like previews. My wife wants the previews because she wants to see what movie we need to go to next. But I just feel it's 15 minutes of wasted time. I came here to see the movie, not previews. Well, previews are designed to help you see, see what something's going to be like to whet your appetite enough so that you can go and see it again. Well, when you start believing spiritually, it is previewing your future on the canvas of your imagination. And it supplies your mind with pictures and increases the credit line of your faith. Okay. Did y'all get that? Okay. I got, I got one minute. I'm going to say that one again. I'm, listen, y'all need to get this CD. Because what I'm telling listen, I've had to make consistent quality decisions to be where I'm at. Dude, I'm in position now. The banker told me this past week that August is very doable for us to break ground. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, listen to me though. I done asked this man for $5 million. Okay. Yes. Now, had I not made some quality decisions on how I manage our church right. and how I manage my personal life, I would not be in position for us to get a $5 million loan. Are you with me? So I'm going to say this one more time. There's my clock. Believing is previewing my future on the canvas of my imaginations. And then it supplies my mind with pictures which increases the credit line of my faith. What, what do I mean by that? See, when you start believing, you start seeing what you want God to do before he does it. 
It's where you take some time to use your mind to see what what you want to see and not what you see in right now. See, your mind can work for good or for bad for you. Most of us, we don't use our mind right. God really gave you your mind so you can preview your future and not live in your present. See, some of y'all can't wake up happy because you're using your mind to look at your present. And God is saying, I've given you your mind so you can imagine what I can do exceeding and abundant above all that you can ask or think. So you got to start putting some pictures in front. That's why, listen, listen, don't just put pictures of where you've been in your house. Those are just for memories. But see, when you put pictures up, and that's why you got to turn in what I gave you now. Take, take, your, take, your, take your, your giving day thing, your project. Make sure you turn in your thing. Because see, when you put a picture of something you don't have, what that does, it kicks in now your imagination. It kicks in your ability to believe for somewhere you ain't never been before. See, your, your current picture just said that's what we've been. But see, faith, faith is not, you don't need faith to go, go where you've been. You need faith to go where you ain't been before. Did y'all get something out of this morning's message? All right. Every head bow and every eye closed. You may be here this morning. You may be here today.